is God incarnate. Why is that important? And what does that have to do with his death? It's crucial because otherwise God is not active in our death, or any death. A full participant in finality. If we don't believe that God is Jesus, and that Jesus is God, then Jesus becomes a victim. The power of the moment is gone. Jesus' death on the cross is totally necessary to my own faith. And so over the next few episodes, we will look in-depth at three reasons why Jesus had to die. Love, prophecy, and obedience. If you want to continue this conversation online, please check out our Triumphant Love Facebook page and Instagram account. Or you can shoot me an email at deaconbree at tllc.org for more conversations or just any questions that you might have. Episode 1. Jesus had to die because of love. A reading from 1 John 4, 7-12. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. And in this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loves us so much, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love reaches his goal in us. God is love. What happens on the cross shows us that love is the most powerful thing in all the universe, because love and God are synonyms. Anyone who has ever felt love will tell you that it can make you do the craziest things. It makes us bold and weak and worried and resilient. It's a magical cure and it's the secret ingredient. So I ask you, what kinds of love are out there in the world? Is it joy and family, romance, friends, pets, the love that we find in our faith and in our communities? Is love in service to others? I wonder, though, what kinds of love make you actually feel connected. That's not like a hypothetical. Think about that for a second. What love makes you feel like you're not separate? Like you're not alone? The answer to that question is beginning to hit at the kind of love that God has for us. But I always want to ask God, like, why do you love us so much? We're kind of bad, significant others. We're needy and desperate and aloof and accusatory. Honestly, one could ask ourselves, why would God even stay with us? Why is God so faithful? We're kind of fragile, unlike God. We have these squishy bodies that are too complicated to control. We often hate them. We have wild emotions that run all over the place. We often hate those too. We have these huge egos, but we take pride in that. And we can be so self-righteous. 
We can also be so afraid and weak and full of shame and catch diseases and develop cancer. And we die. Everything on this earth dies. And when God slipped into human skin, there's no part of the human experience that he was exempt from. He was born just like us. He lived. He had friends. He probably had B.O. He had favorite things to do and favorite foods. He probably didn't eat ricotta cheese because it's disgusting, not because it didn't exist back then. And of course, Jesus was always going to die because we all die. Now, not all of us go through the kinds of death that Jesus did. His death was also utter humiliation. He died as a criminal. He was taunted. He was spat on. He was beaten. He left all, he was left pretty much by all the powers of the world. The government, the church, the wealthy, the military, even popular opinion contributed to him being put to death. And those are pretty much the most powerful things still in the world. Or at least that's how we shape our lives, is like they're the most powerful things in the world. I mean, honestly, I had the PTA and the school board in there, and that's pretty much all the things that control my day-to-day life. But love was stronger. It is stronger than all those powers. Or at least God's love is. I think ours is, too. When Jesus died as a convicted prisoner, it seemed like all the powers of the world had won. But the only power that won that day was love. There's a number of creation stories out there in the zeitgeist. I mean, there's no religion that exists without a series of creation stories. And we might think that this is just because, like, Everybody's got to try to understand where the universe and the world comes from, and it's our best stab in the dark at science, but that's that's not really totally accurate. It's it's more of an understanding of like what is the what seems to be the most powerful things in the world, right? Like yeah, weather and the cosmos and giant fish that eat people when they fall out of boats all seems to play a pretty big part in ancient understandings of what's powerful. But Also, simple things like relationship drama and sovereignty and wealth play a part into those stories as well. The unique thing about the Christian tradition's creation narrative is that our God doesn't tear apart anything, destroy anything, start a war. There's no blood spilled on the earth in order for our God to create. God doesn't have to use violence or destroy or subjugate anything. He doesn't conquer the world. He invites it into balance, into relationship. And he takes joy at simple and delightful things like light and water and air. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. God loved the world so much that he doesn't exert his almighty power over it. He invites it into relationship. He comes to us to join us. God loved the world so much that God gave God's self and entered fully into all that we think of often as weak. 
How many of you have maybe ever thought of love as a distraction from what really matters in life? I mean, be honest. How many of you have ever thought that maybe avoiding something was a good way to just get around it? Raise your hand if you're a fan of sci-fi or fantasy. Okay, keep your hand raised if you've ever read Frank Herbert's Dune. Sweet. So there's the part in the book, right, where he's got to stick his hand in a little box. And he has to say the mantra for sticking his hand in the box because it's going to hurt really bad or whatever. And he says, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. And where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. In order to be free of something, really and truly free of it, we have to move through it. Not around it or past it, but we have to enter into it. If we're ever to actually be free of death, these little deaths or the true deaths in our life, then Jesus couldn't just go around it. He couldn't fake it. He couldn't use his powers to prevent something from happening. He couldn't, a- he couldn't have a different cup handed to him. He had to enter into it. And he had to enter into our deepest and most powerful sufferings, rejection, humiliation, hopelessness in the face of worldly powers, so that there's no darkness that exists on earth that has not been overcome by God's love. So that now we can truly be free. Only love will remain. Because love has moved through death. So I wonder what are the most powerful things in your world? Is it parents or jobs? Is it your body? Limitations? Finances? Teachers? Success? Status? Maybe it's being thought of as smart or funny? So these are the most powerful things, or maybe something I didn't say is the most powerful thing in your life, or our lives. But I want you to think about a time where you saw love be more powerful than any of those things. So I want to tell you about a friend of mine. Now we've been friends for a really, really long time, and when he was little, he realized that he was gay. And his dad found out, and that conversation did not go very well. And my friend had to hide who he was. He decided that it was safest to hide who he was. Rather than be rejected by the things that he loved the most in the world, he decided to hide who he was. And that became harder and harder and more and more miserable. And eventually he was overcome by this sadness, this separation, this shame. And he gave in to drinking and drug use and created some other problems for himself in his life. Now, he's like a true American story, right? He pulled himself up front by his bootstraps. He, he's been sober a long time. He finally came out to his family and he felt their warm embrace. But I think the place that I actually saw love overcome all the powers of the world was at his wedding shower thrown by his family where his mother had baked little groom's cookies that said Mr. and Mr. Mr. and Mr. 
in her family recipe. And as she handed me the bag, she said, look, it's two little grooms. And the smile on her face was contagious. By entering into physical death, Jesus frees us from the, all the kinds of death that we feel in our lives and invites us to truly live in a new reality where love wins. I'm going to close us out with a reading from Romans chapter 5, 1 through 11. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace and in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God, and not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Must more, much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation. Join me on our next episode for Why Did Jesus Have to Die? Prophecy. Or you can follow our Sunday or Wednesday sermons for our continuing experience of worship where you are on Stitcher and on iTunes and anywhere else you find podcasts. Check out our website and uh, our calendar for more upcoming events. And as always, feel free to reach out and contact myself, Pastor Danielle, or any other of our staff if you have any questions or need anything else. Thanks. Thanks.